All right, this morning we want to go back into our series on the Holy Spirit. This is more than just preaching and encouraging you, but it is also more like a Bible study together with you because we need to grow in the Lord. At the end of the day, you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. Now, this is very important. Why is this so important? In the blessing that we gave to you, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, it say, you, you know the blessing, right? Whenever we close, we say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Father, and the blessed communion of the Holy Spirit. The message translation says, may the amazing grace, everybody say amazing grace, amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, our Father, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with each one. Now, this is like a package deal. This is not we choose one and leave out the other. We cannot say, I like the grace of God. I want to enjoy the extravagant love of God, you know, the grace of Jesus, the extravagant love of God. But, you know, I mean, what's, what's this thing about intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit? But it's all, it all is wrapped up in one. It is because of the grace of God that we can enjoy the extravagant love of God, grace of Jesus Christ. Because of what He did for us, we can enjoy the lavish love of God. And God pours His love out to us. And the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen. So when that begins to happen, then He invites us to have fellowship, intimate friendship with Him. Now listen, this is not the friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is the friendship of the Holy Spirit. Come on. It is not the love from God, it is the love of God. It is not the grace that comes, uh, uh, comes from Jesus, it is the grace of Jesus that is poured out. So it is an offer of the Holy Spirit to have friendship with us. He's extending this friendship. He's saying, I want to have this intimate friendship with you. It is His initiative. It is not like I begin to say, I want to have friendship with God. It is His initiative. He wants to desperately have friendship with us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to become our number one friend, especially in times like this. Come on, amen. He is a good God. So here's the Sunday school class and the teacher is trying to teach the students the Apostles' Creed. Some of you are going, isn't that, that, I think I heard that before. Isn't the, he the guy that fought with Rambo or with Rocky? No, that is Apollos' Creed. This is the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed has got 12 statements in it. So the teacher decided She's going to get different students and, you know, you are going to be number one. You're going to read the first Apostles' Creed. You memorize these 12 things. So the next Sunday, here come the students again. So she calls out, number one. And a little girl stands up and she says, I believe in God, the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth. Great. Number two, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. 
Very good. Number three, I believe that he suffered and died under Pontius Pilate and was raised from the dead. Wonderful. So she goes down, number four, number five, number six, number seven. Great, 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 wonderful. She claps her hand and she says, that's great, that's great. All of you know that. Number eight. Number eight. There is an awkward silence. Suddenly a little boy stands up and she, he says, teacher, the person who believes in the Holy Spirit is not here. <laughs> because number eight says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I trust that you believe in the Holy Spirit and that you are here. Last Sunday morning, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how He is greatly misunderstood. And because He's greatly misunderstood, He is horribly misrepresented. So we get all kinds of weird teachings about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just exactly like Jesus. I will send someone just like me to you. He is wonderful. Come on, amen. He is altogether good. He's altogether looking after the interests of people. He comes to seek and to save that which is lost. And not only not those who are lost, but that which is lost. Do you understand the difference? Not just people who are lost, but everything that mankind has lost, I have come to restore. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. Come on, amen. Huh? And because he is sad, you know, horribly misrepresented, he's also very sadly misplaced because we don't understand him. And because he's misrepresented, we want to have nothing to do with him. Many churches want to have nothing to do with him. It's all right to have great, vibrant services, music, vibrant people clapping their hands, but leave the Holy Spirit out of this. But the Holy Spirit is so essential. If you want the grace of the Lord Jesus and you want the, the, the uh, uh, extravagant love of God, you must have the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I want to talk about, again, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk about uh, the wonder of this great gift of the Holy Spirit. The wonder of the great gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Now, I hope you, you hear me very clearly because I want you to understand that there are two major experiences in our salvation. Okay? When we receive Jesus as our Savior, we say Jesus comes to live in our hearts. The Holy Spirit representing Jesus comes to live inside of us. Now look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 30. I will show this to you. Verse uh, 28, all right? This is what it says, 38. Peter said to them, Be sorry for your sins or repent. Turn from them. Be sorry for your sins and turn from them. That's what repent means. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and your sins will be forgiven. King James, your sins will be remitted, which means debt cancel, which means charges dropped, which means completely removed, never to be remembered again. That's what remitted means. All right? And your sins will be forgiven. So now, when you repent, baptize, our sins are forgiven. Am I saved? Talk to me. I'm already saved because my sins are forgiven. I've been baptized. I believe in Jesus. I repent of my sins. My sins are forgiven. It's over. I'm saved. But he continues and he says, then what happens? Then 
you will receive the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. After this, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's a different experience altogether. Come on. You got saved. You're, you know, wonderfully saved. God has forgiven you of all your sins. That's great. But you need the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift. Everybody say gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't earn it. But because you have done this, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And this is a gift to you. Do you want the gift or don't you want the gift? Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, what? Give. Everybody say give. Give is the Father's good desire Jesus said, to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom comes with the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about the wonder of this great gift of the Holy Spirit. I looked up the word wonder because sometimes, you know, we don't wonder what wonder is all about. A feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. It's a beautiful gift that God wants to give to us that will cause us to be amazed. Now, it says when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the people came and they were amazed. They were amazed at what they saw. When Simon the magician saw uh, that uh, Peter and John laid hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit, it says he was amazed at what he saw and he desired to have this gift. It's an amazing thing when the Holy Spirit fills us. Can I hear an amen? All right, so we're going to talk about the wonder of this great gift of the Holy Spirit. The first thing is the, the wonder lies in His presence in our lives. The wonder lies in His presence in our lives. Think about the fact that God Almighty, who brooded upon the earth and then everything became wonderful. Before that, it was a chaotic world. But this Holy Spirit began to breathe upon the earth, it says. Brooded upon the waters. And then suddenly, life started. Isn't it wonderful if we just allow Him to brood over our lives? We allow Him to come. So the, the presence of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. John 14, verse 15 to 17. If you love me, you will do what I say. Who is he talking to? His disciples. This is his last message to them before he goes to the cross. He's speaking to people who already love him, who have left everything to follow him. And he's saying to them, if you love me, you will do what I say. Then I will ask my father and he will give you another comforter or another helper. He will be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. Listen to this one. The world cannot receive him. This gift of the Holy Spirit is exclusive. Only for the people of God. That's why, you know, it's, it's a wonder when people don't want the Holy Spirit. Then you, you partake of the spirit of the world. There are two spirits that are dominant in the world, the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. The world cannot receive this. It's not for them. It's only for an exclusive people, the people of God. 
does not see him nor know him, you know him because he lives with you and will be in you. He is with you, but he will be in you. So Jesus is resurrected. He comes into the room and one of the first things he does is after he's resurrected is to confirm that they can now be saved. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says to them, don't go anywhere. Wait in Jerusalem until you are anointed or endured with power from on high. You have received the Holy Spirit, but you need to receive the Holy Spirit again. This time, he's going to come differently. He's going to come with a power that you never had before, and he's going to stay inside of you. Come on, amen. The wonder of his presence in me. It's a prophecy that Ezekiel gave in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 27. I will put my spirit into them. Thank God that the word of God is true. When God gives a prophecy, it will be fulfilled. He said that hundreds of years ago, nearly 700 years before the prophecy came to be fulfilled. But God's word is always fulfilled. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer for the, everybody say gift. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. There are many beautiful churches that people go and visit like England, you've got the Westminster Abbey and you've got the St. Paul's Cathedral some time ago, now no more traveling we had the privilege of going over to Barcelona and there walking and seeing the La Sagrada Familia with, uh, with uh, Monica and Stephen, beautiful cathedrals, and then you look in the mirror and you go I am a sanctuary. I'm a better, better temple than what I saw. For that one is empty. This one is full of the Holy Spirit. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I used to stand in front of the mirror years ago and go, no good thing dwells in me. Now, I've told you before, all my wedding pictures I throw away. Because when you look at it, you will say, beauty and the beast. <laughs> I look so ugly. <laughs> huh? It's true. People who have seen it say, oh, you Pastor Lifon, how can you marry him? And I would say, you know, I, I don't look like a pastor at all. I don't have a portable, portable pulpit to put a Bible on top. Some pastors have got that inbuilt. <laughs> I don't look like a pastor at all and I can't preach as well as my brother, Pastor Henry, and I can't do this and no good thing dwells in me. No, until the Holy Spirit asks me a question, who's, dwell, who's dwelling inside of you? It is not so much on the external person, but he takes this, this little frail thing and puts his spirit inside and he says, your body is my temple. The wonder of his, think about it, that, the, that God has chosen you out of all the people, the world cannot receive him. But you can. Your body can become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen. 
And He lives inside of us. That's the wonderful thing. And it's, and you know, that's why I said when you start praying or you start reaching out to God, now, I, I don't know whether you were singing because it's very hard to sing with a mask on. It's like, you know, and then you get all, that's why I keep removing my glasses because it gets all fogged up. And it's like you can't hear, it's like bouncing back when you, so sometimes we don't sing, but we need to. We need to offer our praises to God. We need to sing out loud to the Lord. Come on, amen. And, the, and when you sing it from the depths of your heart, you can sense His presence inside of you rising up. When you begin to speak in tongues, you begin to sense a presence of God rising up inside of you. That's why Paul says, I, I wish that everyone would speak in tongues. I'm glad I speak in tongues more than you all. Why do you do that? Building up yourselves in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? So that they can, you can understand that the Spirit of God lives inside of you. Every time I speak in tongues, I am performing a miracle. There's a miracle happening. I'm speaking in a language I never learned before. I don't know whether it's the tongues of men or angels, but it's a miracle. If you want to experience a miracle, speak in a new tongue that God has given to you, man. It's a miracle. Hallelujah. The presence of God. The wonder of His performance in our lives. Acts chapter 1 verse 3, it says, After His suffering, Jesus presented Himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, showing them that He was alive. Proving to them, convincing proofs. Some people say, oh, they hallucinated. Listen, anyone can tell you that no two people can have the same hallucination. <laughs> Even if you're all taking some kind of drug. <laughs> Even if you're flying like a bird. I mean, you can't have the same hallucination. And that's what transformed them in the sense that they knew that he was resurrected. But even after seeing him for 40 days... They decided we are going to go back fishing. After seeing him, they needed something more. They needed to have God do something inside of them. So Jesus said, listen, it's not going to be sufficient just that I have showed you myself for 40 days. I've convinced you that I am risen from the dead. That's not enough. You need something more. You need the Holy Spirit. When he comes, so wait. So for 10 days while they waited, people were dying and going to hell, whatever it is. Nobody was witnessing about Jesus. The price had been paid. He had already died on the cross for man's sin. He had rose from the dead. He has ascended. I mean, the, the point is, everything was already done. But still, he said, don't go and say anything. Don't share with anyone until you are filled with his power. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit begins to come. And they receive a power that they never had experienced when they were with Jesus. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power and ability when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They didn't have that when Jesus was with them. Why? Because he was external. He was a man. But now, God the Holy Spirit had come to live inside. This was no longer like a man standing on the outside trying to help you along. He was now inside giving you the power and ability to go through hell or high water. You can do all things now through Christ. Come on, amen. 
because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. The power, the wonder lies in His performance inside of our lives, a power that we never had, never could have had if Jesus had just been around. That's why He said, it is really necessary for me to go. It is for your own good. When I go, then you will understand. When He comes, you will understand. He's going to be your helper. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Do I need the power to face all the challenges of tomorrow? Do I need the ability to handle whatever life throws at me? Romans 8, 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living inside of you. I have resurrection power inside of me. He shall quicken my mortal body. This is the word of God and thy word is truth and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. Number three, the wonder lies in his permanence in our lives. See, before Jesus came, died, resurrected and ascended, the Holy Spirit had a come and go kind of thing with mankind. So he will come upon Saul in a mighty way, King Saul. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 16, I think it's in verse 4, where he leaves Saul and an evil spirit begins to come to replace him. Then you read about Samson how the Spirit of God would come upon him on certain occasions, but not always on him. When certain things were needed to be done, then the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him and he would do exploits and then gone. He'd become an ordinary man, go get drunk, lie with prostitutes. Now, like we said before, Samson must have been a very ugly man because he had to pay women to sleep with him. If he was all the Mr. Macho that we think he is, then women would have been attracted to him, but women were not. So he had to go see prostitutes. But in spite of that, God had chosen him. There was a covenant thing that God had done with his parents. So the Spirit of God would come, and then one day, Samson begins to, uh, in first, I think in 1 Samuel 16, I'm not very sure, I think verse, no, in Judges, and, and where he wakes up and he does not know that the Spirit has departed. Sad words. Judges, let me see if I wrote the scripture down. 16 and verse 20. Where the Spirit of God has left him and he did not know. He said, I'll go out there and shake myself as before because whenever he seemed to, uh, when the Spirit of God would come upon him, he would start to shake under the power of God. So I'm going to shake. I think it is the shake that brings the Spirit. No, it's the Spirit that brought the shake. I would just do this and then the Spirit would be there. No, 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 no. It's because the Spirit was there, He could do it. And He did not know that the Spirit had departed. David was so afraid when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. He prays in Psalm 51, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because at that time, the Spirit would come 
and the Spirit would go. But after Jesus came, this is what he said concerning the Holy Spirit. Just now I read to you the scripture, verse 16, John 14. I will pray the Father. In other words, I'm going to ask. How many of you believe that when Jesus prays, God answers his prayer? All right. Because he does that which pleases the Father. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. If you do that which pleases the Father, he will give you anything that you ask for. Bible says, receive from him because we ask those things that please him. Amen. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. There's no longer coming and going. When he comes, this time he wants to come and stay. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. You have an anointing from the Holy Spirit and you have an anointing which abides. Abides means stay, remains. You notice this is exactly what Jesus said. He said, the thief comes, come on, John 10, 10, do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Does he stay? The thief comes, does the thief stay? No, he comes, steal, kill, destroy, run. But I have come that you may have and have and have and have abundant life. He comes to stay. The Spirit comes to stay. Comes to stay. Now, of course, you know, this does not mean that we cannot quench the Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit according to Paul. It is possible for us to do things that will quench Him, that will grieve Him, but He does not leave just because these things happen, we hurt him. We stop him. Like I said, you know, he can be misplaced. We limit the Holy One of Israel. We suffer the consequences of doing that. But it does not mean that he now leaves us. When I wanted to get married, man, my father got very upset with certain things. And he said, I'm going to remove your name. You're no longer my son. Whether you take my name out or not, I'm still your son. Earthly parents or a mother can forsake her child, I will never forsake you. The love of human beings is limited, but the love of God, our Father, is an extravagant love. I will never leave you. Yet Jesus left, but he says, listen, he's going to be with you. And he's going to be with you forever. Amen. That good news. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit? I don't know how many of you, I, I, most of you here are quite young, in fact, very young. <laughs> but uh, I wonder whether any of you remember the time where ice blocks were covered with sawdust. You remember that time? Huh? You know, when you, when you want to buy ice kachang also, the guy take out of the box, he's got a sack. Then he removes the sack and he reaches in for the ice block and it's got sawdust. And they wash the sawdust away, and then they put it on the block and then they grind and we get ice kachang or ice ball. Remember those times? You know, those days they had uh, ice houses 
where they would get all the blocks and put them in this little room, uh, thick walls and a very, you know, Penang, we used to have quite a lot of that, ice houses. And the door is very thick, but not, not the kind of doors we have today, right? Not like refrigerators. This was before refrigerators and all came in. They would have ice houses, so they would close the door. And here is this worker one day who went in, you know, while taking the blocks in, a lot of sawdust all over the place. And uh, he dropped his what? Raymond Will. Watch. <laughs> he dropped his nice watch and, and he lost it. And they kept searching through the sawdust and everything else and searching, searching and could not find it. Very, very sad. Then one afternoon while they were having a break, a little boy who heard the conversation decided he was going to go in and look for it. So he went inside and after about half an hour or so, he came out with a watch in his hand. They said, how did you find it? He said, well, he said, I lay down on the floor and kept very quiet. And then I heard the ticking of the watch, very silent, but I heard it ticking, tick, tick, tick. That's how I found it. It says of Peter, when he started walking on the water, he saw the wind. You can't see the wind. But he saw the ferocity of what the wind was doing. Just like you and me. We see the ferocity of the kabar angin. And all the news that's coming in and we forward and forward, sometimes fake news, but we still forward, forward. We don't check it out. Forward, forward, and everybody receives it. And the ferocity of it, we can't find the voice of God. Everything is so loud. That's why Paul says there are many voices in this world. But if we can quiet our spirits and listen very carefully, you can hear him say, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you can enjoy his peace. Today, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do something. It is his gift to us. God's gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we earn. If I can just be holy enough, none of them were. They just waited, frightened disciples in a locked room and suddenly there came the sound of a different wind, the wind of the Holy Spirit and it filled the house and every one of them was completely transformed. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. He is God's wondrous gift to each one of us. Amen? Stand with me as we begin to bring this service to a close.